Hi there again. I'm the Reverend Father Matt Kovisk, and I'm the rector of St. Mary's Anglican Church in Verdon. Before I continue, I want to pause and thank CJ103 and the rest of the radio stations in that family for providing a place for us clergy to share a message of hope in the midst of all that is happening in our world. As you may know, the Sunday before Easter is known as Palm Sunday. It's the day of the church year where we commemorate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is known as the beginning of Holy Week, one of the most solemn weeks in the church calendar. This week includes Monday Thursday, when we commemorate the institution of the Last Supper, Good Friday, where Jesus is crucified and dies, and Holy Saturday, where Jesus harrows hell. Holy Week ends with the triumphal first celebration of Easter, when we proclaim that Jesus is risen from the dead. The striking image of Palm Sunday that many of us have is of Jesus riding on a donkey in a parade on the way into Jerusalem. Now, I have the honor of serving as the rector of St. John's Anglican Church in Reston, and the image of their parade during the Reston Fair comes to mind when I think of parades. It's long, with lots of floats and candy thrown, the candy is thrown softly, of course, at spectators on the street. Well, the Gospel according to St. Matthew tells us that there was a large crowd gathered to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. This was a different parade than we're used to. There weren't a lot of floats, and there sure wasn't candy thrown out from those floats. Much like Jesus' ministry in that region, it was a humble procession. There wasn't any pomp and circumstance to be found anywhere. If you wanted pomp and circumstance, that was coming in too, but it had nothing to do with Jesus and his, well, merry band of followers. The pomp and circumstance was coming in on the other side of town. The Roman army would normally come into Jerusalem around the high holy days of Judaism. Pontius Pilate entered the city especially for Passover, to keep the peace and to subdue the people, to be a presence of Roman occupation on the day when they remembered being set free from bondage. All of this was done to preserve the, quote, Pax Romana, end quote, the peace of Rome. This wasn't like the peace that you and I know this day. It was more of a, a nervous peace. If you stepped out of line, the full force of the Roman Empire would come crashing down on you. As I mentioned before, Palm Sunday begins the dramatic events of Holy Week with a scene where two opposing sides find themselves at the top of an allegorical valley of the shadow of death. On one side, a culture of humility and service. On the other side, a culture of domination, power, and prestige. So what? What does this help me in this time? Well, Palm Sunday is the beginning of one of the darkest weeks of the church year. I'm reminded of the traditional service of Tenebrae. Now, this service takes place in the evenings of the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of Holy Week. And at the beginning of the service, there is a candelabra at the front of the church. As readings are read and prayers prayed, the lights are extinguished one by one until there is one solitary candle left. It's actually quite a moving service, and as the darkness sets in during the service, you start to get a sense of the darkness that surrounds Palm Sunday and the events of Holy Week. 
we hear the stories of the disciples and others betraying and fleeing from Jesus one by one. And on Good Friday, it seems that the light of the world is forever extinguished when Jesus dies on the cross. The disciples and those who gathered around him thought that there was no hope left. That's what they thought. For they saw that the man that was going to change the world was dead. The light, the light that had come into the world to lighten the world, to quote St. John, had not only been extinguished, but had been violently stamped out by the authorities. Well, maybe the events of the COVID-19 pandemic will help us to understand the darkness a little more clearly. One only has to tune into any news program to see that this virus is spreading around us quickly and to see the damage that it's doing both to the health of the people around us and to the economy. With the darkness comes fiends of fear, anxiety, loss of purpose, etc. Now, I know that I've talked about all these fears before in these sermons, but as I talk this day, I suspect that they haven't wandered far from our thoughts. I'm reminded of the words of Psalm 31, 9, the psalm that happens to be appointed to be read on Palm Sunday. It reads like this. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with sorrow, and also my throat and my belly. I think that many of us can resonate with the emotions that come with Holy Week. Feelings of fear, feelings of abandonment, feelings of loneliness. However, I think it helps all of us, including, frankly, this preacher, to be reminded that Jesus walked this road before us. Jesus knew feelings of loneliness, feelings of abandonment, feelings of fear. While we may be looking at these events with some sense of, well, distance, Jesus went through these events in real time and had many of the same emotions that we would have had. Now what? What do I do with that? Well, Jesus had many of the same emotions that we had, yet did not use his divinity to exploit the situations that he found himself in. It could have been easy for him to somehow get himself out of these situations that he found himself in, including finding himself unjustly condemned to die. However, to quote Paul's letter to the Philippians, though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Knowing that we have a God who knows our pain and our weakness, I think helps us as he calls us to love one another as we have first been loved. In the first verse of Philippians 2, Paul reminds the people of Philippi to have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. The mind that was in Christ Jesus focused on others, even in the midst of a great personal darkness. 
the mind that was in Christ Jesus healed the sick and fed the hungry. The mind that was in Christ Jesus loved others. Loved others with a love that was so amazing, so divine, that it demands our souls, our lives, our all. I'm reminded of one of actually my favorite hymns of Holy Week. There is a green hill far away. And the final verse goes like this. Oh, dearly, dearly has he loved, and we must love him too, and trust in his redeeming blood and try his works to do. As you go about your week, I invite you to fully enter into the events that led up to the day that changed the world forever. While we live in a world that seems to be growing darker day by day, I invite you to remember the love that was poured out for us so that we may never walk in true darkness, but always walk with the light of life, Jesus Christ our Lord. May God, who for love of the world sent his only Son to show us how to love one another, fill you with love for others. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, remain with you and those you love and cherish, this day and forevermore. Amen.